As we come to this last paragraph of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, this paragraph, as many others in Scripture, prove that, that very simple ideas can be very, very deep. There's hardly anything complex in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18, but there's a lot of foundation stuff. We're going to look again at those foundational truths on today's episode of Beyond the Notes. At times on Beyond the Notes, we're able to peel back a a more obscure layer of meaning that is there in the text. We try to avoid reading things into the text that aren't there. That's called eisegesis, and it's a bad idea. Uh, We try to avoid that. But often on Beyond the Notes, we're able to, to peel to a deeper layer of what is in the text Then the time and space of the Lord's Day permit us. That's one of the justifications for our beginning the Beyond the Notes podcast all those months ago. But sometimes the passage itself doesn't have a lot of obscure stuff going on. Sometimes what's there in the Greek is pretty plainly brought forward in the English. And that's the the case for this little passage, these three verses that end the first paragraph of, I mean, the last paragraph of of 2 Corinthians 4. So I just want to go back on today's Beyond the Notes and recap some some truths that emerge from this passage. And I've I've listed seven uh, and want to just talk those through today just briefly. If you have the passage in front of you, that'll be helpful. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. If you don't have the passage, I'll, I'll, I'll pull out from the passage the things that support what I'm, what I'm offering as a foundational truth. The first thing I want to show you is this passage assumes that afflictions and challenges are, are, are part of life. The, uh, the phrase, our outer self is wasting away, I'll say more about that phrase at the end, but this, this light momentary affliction that he speaks of. Now, he uses the term light momentary affliction, but he's, he's talking about life's trials and troubles. And the passage assumes we're going to be experiencing those. There's no provision made in this paragraph for people who aren't experiencing difficulty. So uh, the foundational assumption uh, that afflictions and temptations, afflictions and challenges are part of everyday life. Don't think that you're out of God's will or that you've done something terribly wrong every time you face an episode of struggle. Episodes of struggle are unavoidable. Can we make them worse by disobedience? Yes. Can we bring God's chastising activity into our lives? Absolutely. But not every struggle is a sign that something's gone wrong. Sometimes a struggle is just a sign that you continue to live. Uh, Number two, these these afflictions and struggles that we have are temporary. Whatever you're going through now, you know, if you're, if you're not a believer, whatever you're going through now is going to seem like nothing compared to what you're going to face one day in hell. And ironically, 
If you are a believer, whatever you're going through now is also going to seem as nothing compared to the great uh, experience of eternal heaven. But even within the confines of this life, most of the struggles, maybe not all, but most of the struggles that we face are going to be transient in character. Uh, the problem is going to arise, but then a solution is going to arise and the matter is going to work itself out. I um, have often thought about this in, in connection to the amount of, of concern or worry or focus that we can sometimes in our fallenness be prone to focus on a situation as though the situation were more than it, than it should have credit for being. Our difficulties are temporary in nature. Third, our difficulties absolutely play a role in getting us ready for heaven. This is a central point that I made on the Lord's day, but it, it bears repeating. This light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison, says verse 17. God is absolutely sovereign. He's, he's, he's in charge of all that is. So ultimately, and this can be difficult, ultimately, he is the author of the circumstances that are causing your struggle. Now, if it's your own sin that has brought you to that struggle. He's only the author in that he is chastising your sin and refining you through it. But he is the author. Look, you say that makes me uncomfortable. Well, consider for a moment the alternative, that he's not sovereign over your difficulty. Well, then, friend, you are on your own. And not only should that make you even more uncomfortable, part of the reason that should make you uncomfortable is it's not true. You are not on your own. He is sovereign. He is loving. He is in charge. And he is the ultimate author of your trial. Therefore, your trial is shot through with his intentionality as he prepares you for the glorious future he has for you. Which dovetails to my fourth observation, and that is the unseen realities of our life are more real than the visible realities. I confessed in the pulpit, I believe it was last week or so, that I'm a Tolkien nerd, and I even quoted J.R.R. Tolkien. The good thing about being a Tolkien nerd is it's another way of saying that at least you're up to speed on some literate, literary fiction. You read some things that have weight. I mean, if you're a Tolkien nerd. But in my case, my nerdery is even worse than Tolkien nerdery. I'm also a Star Trek nerd. Yes, I admit it. Um, <laughs> and in, uh, in Star Trek for, in my view, the best of the Star Trek movies with the original cast, although I admit that's open for debate, though if you disagree with me, you're wrong. Star Trek Four is a really good Star Trek movie, and in that movie, a, a uh, Mr. Spock, Leonard Nimoy's Mr. Spock, the real Mr. Spock, is undergoing a training exercise, and one of the questions in that training exercise asks him to quote the first Vulcan law of metaphysics. Now, what in the world does Vulcan metaphysics have to do with a Bible teaching podcast? I'm glad you asked. The first law of Vulcan metaphysics known to all hardcore Star Trek nerds is that nothing 
unreal exists. I think that's a good rule. I think it's also true. Nothing unreal exists. Many things that are real and that exist are not evident to us. The same point this passage is making. It's a silly illustration, and I'll concede that. But the truth that that which is unseen is more real and more significant than that which is seen. That's really, really, really foundational to effective and joyful Christian living. If you are hung up in the lesser reality of the so-called real world and are not cultivating an awareness of the greater reality of the movement of God and the coming of his kingdom and the movement of God in the world around you now, You're missing some of the marvelous things he's up to, and you're living on a shallower awareness level than you ought to be living. Number five, again, these ideas flow straight into one another. Number five, faith focuses on the unseen. It just does. Uh, This passage encourages believers to keep their uh, eyes on what they can't see. It's almost a a pun as we look not to the things that are seen. Well, one could uh, obviously say, well, if if I can't see it, how can I look at it? Well, we look with other than our physical eyes. The idea is not just our gaze. The idea is our, our focus. The idea is the intentionality of our thought lives. The idea is what What truly motivates us? What truly drives us? What truly defines us is not limited to the uh, tangible physical world around us, but is so much more so focused by the world beyond, which leads to number six. The unseen is eternal. Um, The value and truthfulness and weight, this this eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison that he speaks of is the stuff that's going to last forever. It's a good question to ask yourself before you allow yourself to be utterly plunged into involvement in an issue or a, a struggle or a problem. Look, we have to deal with what comes at us in life. I get that because even more so for the Christian, reality is an expression of, of who God is and what he's up to as he is the author of reality. But if you allow yourself to get completely dunked under the reality of this world, I think it's wise to ask yourself how how. How long is this going to last? How big is this going to look when I look back on it, say, 100,000 years from now? Is this an issue that, that should matter to a person like me, a person like me who has been gifted awareness of eternal life? Um, Jesus has given us eternal life. And so something that's going to come and go in five minutes is not going to be worth a sleepless night. I, uh, I know of a, a little toddler who, when he was five years old, he had to have some shots, some boosters to get ready to go to school. And so 
He went to the, the doctor or the clinic and he got his little five-year-old booster shots to get ready to, to go to school. And the nurse, in, a, in a, what she thought was an encouraging statement, said to the little guy, you're all caught up now and you won't need any more shots until you're 15. Later, that same little boy said to his mom, I don't want to be 15. Meaning for the, he was saying at that moment, for the next 10 years, he was going to dread the 30-second experience he might have a decade down the road. It's not worth it. And many of the things that we weigh ourselves down with will be found in eternity to not be worth it. Which leads me to number seven. Our outer self is wasting away. Perhaps the most important statement in this very important paragraph. You're not going to last forever in your present form. The physical life you are now experiencing is going to flash right on by. That doesn't mean that faithfulness in this life doesn't matter. It absolutely does. Relationships in this life matter. They absolutely do. Um, glorifying Christ in this absolute in this life absolutely matters. This life matters. It just matters less than the blessed life to come. Well, I hope by now that you have subscribed to Beyond the Notes. If these podcasts are helpful, I hope you're sharing them. It's certainly uh, my joy and our joy to produce and present this material to you every week. And we'll see you next week on Beyond the Notes. Beyond the Notes.